right now about Jeremiah 50 and 51. In fact, I choose this text because if I just say second angel message, you will say, we know why again we talk about the second angel message. But this is the same message. When you say it is fallen Babylon or when you say in Revelation chapter 8, come out of Babylon, you know it is in the New Testament. But the original message about the fall of Babylon comes from the prophet Jeremiah. So it is good for us to know what is this message. Why it was necessary for the prophet Jeremiah to set aside two chapters of his book and to tell people <coughs> about the end of Babylon. I will just tell you why I am interested for this. Not only because I studied the book of Jeremiah for four years. This is not the main reason. But you know, the Seventh-day Adventists, they have their opinion about Babylon. We know very well. Somehow, we try to identify everything through the prophecies, and we say, especially here, Babylon is overseas. I just want to question this, because I came from Europe. And I will just tell you the story as uh, I experienced it in um, France. I was working with the youth department for nine years. We had uh, youth camps. I, I was in charge of one of the camps. We call it music camp. We had about 70 to 80 young uh, boys and girls. It was in general 13 to 18 years of age. About 25 to 30 of them were playing instruments. And uh, everybody else, they were singing. So I, would do, I was doing arrangements. You have a, uh, a pastor who is a very good musician and who knows how to do arrangements correctly. So I was doing the same thing and uh, it worked well. The system was one week we do rehearsal. And it was in general 20 days of music camp. One week rehearsals and two weeks concerts. Every evening, sometimes in the morning, in the afternoon. It was good to witness through the music in so many areas. But it was... Uh, very close to the big city Grenoble. Probably you have heard about Grenoble. Grenoble was the place of um, Winter Olympic Games so many years ago. So everybody know, knows uh, Grenoble is in the Alps, high mountains. Um, I would say high mountains is about 4,000 meters, which means where we were with... Uh, Seventh-day Adventist uh, uh, building for the youth in the Alps. It was about 2,500 meters. So we had a concert one, uh, one evening. We had a concert of about 40 kilometers of the place where we lived. 
and we received in the morning from the company uh, that we rented the, the, the bus. They said, we are so sorry. Our bus is broken right now, and today we cannot provide you the bus. And we tell you in advance so that you can try to find a solution. One of the secretaries tried to find a bus. It was not possible. And we said, how we will do to go with 80 young people, about 40 kilometers, and to be on time for the evening concert. And what I did there, I don't advise you as youth leader to do the same thing. But we were praying, this is how we did. As it was in the mountains, and you had a, a car every 30 minutes, 40 minutes, or one hour, this is a small mountain road. We took the decision that we will put the maximum of young people in the cars that we have. And we will do several times this option. Finally, I saw that we are late. And I had a Volkswagen Jetta car. And this is the reality. I put 17 students in my car. It is not recommended, but this is what we did. And I did the 17 students. We said to everybody, we are driving maximum 20 kilometers an hour. This is the maximum. So I had four students sitting in front of the car. You know how it is. Two on the roof on one side, two on the roof on the other side, four behind and everybody else inside. And so I was driving very slowly, 15, 20 kilometers. And it took a lot of time. Finally, we came there. But there was a big Protestant church. And we saw the big Protestant church. And suddenly, my car broke. It was... Uh, I don't know how to say cord, because it, is, it was not an automatic car. In Europe, we don't drive automatic cars. And so suddenly, I was not able to move. The only thing that I was able is just to uh, leave the, the road and to come. It was a long series of uh, shops. And I came just in front of a big flower shop. And I put my car, it was probably less than one meter from the door entrance. And I saw immediately the owner of the flower shop coming out and saying, what is this story? How can you uh, allow yourself to come and to park my car? My clients, they cannot enter inside. And suddenly she saw young people coming out of the car. And they were coming out, and they were coming out. And suddenly it was a big, big group. And she said to me, who are you? And you, we, we all had the same T-shirt with uh, the message music camp. On, and I said, I'm so sorry, my car just broke. Let me just... Um, uh, give the opportunity to young people to leave and immediately I will move the car. 
but who are you? And I said, we have a music camp. Who is behind the music camp? I said, I am a pastor of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And when I said Seventh-day Adventist Church, she started, Seventh-day Adventist Church, please come in my shop. And I came inside, and uh, she said, what is the problem with your car? And I explained in detail. She took the phone, and she called the garage, and she said, Jean-Paul, I have someone very important. You will repair his car until 8 o'clock in the evening. And I don't know what Jean-Paul said, but she replied, no, don't try to find excuses. At 8 o'clock, the car should be repaired. Work for this car as you would work for my car. And finally, this was the case. Someone came and repaired the car. This was a good idea. And then we started to discuss, waiting for the guy to come and uh, take the car into the garage. And she said, when you said Seventh-day Adventist, I said to myself, God, thank you for reminding me not to be too harsh with these nice people. Because in my life, the best memories that I have where the memory of studying the book of Revelation with one of the Seventh-day Adventist pastors. So I will come to the concert. And I will bring at least my 10 to 15 friends, because she knows everybody in the city. <laughs> and she said, and I will bring you a book. And then after we will discuss. And this was the book that she brought to me. In French is the book, the title is Sortez de Babylon, which means come out of Babylon. I said, how it is possible? I didn't know the name. I thought it is a Seventh-day Adventist book. She said, no, this is a Protestant book. One of the best specialists in history of the Protestant church uh, wrote this. And I read the, the book. It is fantastic. And the message is this. In Switzerland, in France, did you hear about St. Barthelemy night? Where thousands and thousands were uh, killed just for one night. They decided to eliminate all those who were against the Catholic Mass. And they ask questions, and if your answer is wrong, then you're killed. It's like uh, Ireland, you know the problem with Catholics and Protestants, and it is very close to our reality. Not today, but some years ago, I remember someone who did a presentations in France, he said, um, he was from Brazil, and he said that the hardest day in his life was when he visited Ireland. And someone came and put the gun on his head, and he said, 
Catholic or Protestant. And uh, he didn't know what to say. You know, it's not easy. You don't know which side, uh, how to discuss, what to say. And he said, atheist. And uh, the guy who had a gun said, are you Catholic or Protestant atheist? <laughs> and he said, I am from Brazil. And then uh, he was still alive when he did the presentation, so everything was okay. This was the question. You give the wrong answer, you are done. And this is what happened. One, when the Saint Barthélemy night happened in Paris, several days after, it was like a wave of uh, uh, soldiers, uh, people working for the government, those who were Catholic. It was uh, hatred. It was uh, vengeance. And so many people died uh, as innocent people. So... In that area, they knew that if they stay close to Grenoble, they will die, the true Protestants. So they uh, hide themselves in the mountains. And when they um, found that the, the soldiers, uh, royal guards, came closer and closer, and they said, we need to escape. And finally, they, they were prudent. They didn't want to say anybody what they were doing. However, some spies were also there. And one evening, they had their board meeting in the forest. And there were thousands and thousands of people. And they said, we have two options. To leave Grenoble through the mountains. It is hard. Or to leave Grenoble through the valley. It's much easier, but it is risky, dangerous. And so the conclusion of the board was, as everybody is except, expecting us to go through the mountains, we will go through the valley and try to escape to Geneva, Switzerland, because it was not so far. However, Someone heard this and said to the army, be careful, they changed the plan, they are not going through the mountains, they are going through the valley. And on a bridge in a small village city called Sechilien, the army of the king came and took everybody. And on that bridge, Several thousand people were slain. And this is uh, today, when you go there, you will find uh, the name of the city, not Sechilien, but Saint Barthélemy de Sechilien. And this is where we were singing, you understand? And this his, uh, specialist in history said, we were studying the Bible to understand the message of the book of Revelation. How to grasp the idea of Babylon. 
And they said, our study tells us that any time we have a, a problem of religious freedom, this is where we see the Babylon working hard against God's children. And he said, our conclusion was that as we are writing right now, France is Babylon. And the call of the book of Revelation, come out of Babylon, is valid even for France. And they said, please leave France. If other times come where they give freedom to people to worship freely, then we will come back. But right now, France is Babylon. And they said something very powerful. We are always thinking that... Babylon is a geographic place. But Babylon is not so far. Look around you. Babylon is in your country. Babylon is in your city. Babylon can be in your home. And Babylon can be in your heart. And I was reading I said. This is powerful. This is powerful. So then I started to study I had the privilege of having more than 20 Bible studies with that lady. Um, and then I left for Austria. And the pastor continued. I have no idea what happened. But this was so tremendous for me, for my spiritual growth. And I would like to suggest to you that when we study the message about Babylon... You need to understand that when the prophet Jeremiah wrote about Babylon, Babylon was the strongest country in the world. Jerusalem didn't exist. And the prophet Jeremiah said, imagine that someone comes to Washington, D.C. And he said, Washington, D.C. is fallen. Probably he will be able to speak 10 or 15 minutes. And then it will be done. <laughs> the strongest country at that time, of that time, was Babylon. And the prediction of the prophet was that very soon Babylon will lose its authority. And I just want to say, it will be the same at the end of time. A lot of Christians appear to paint only a negative picture of Babylon. However, this concept is not biblical. As a system, Babylon is totally wrong. However, people living inside of Babylon are precious. This is why they need our love and our compassion. And we need to pray for them. We need to take care of them. We need to be the salt, as Jesus said. Not to be far from the world, but to be within the world and to be the blessing, the blessing for them. This is the text that we uh, read, Jeremiah chapter 50. Declare among the nation, proclaim and set up a standard, proclaim, say, Babylon is taken, Bel is shamed, Mer Merodach. Marduk, as you want to say, it depends of language, 
these are gods. And these were inspiration for the system of Babylon. Everything is broken. There is no future. And when we say this, we need to tell that Babylon is, the, is a system where human wisdom has the highest respect. Let me quote here something from the church father Augustine. He said, accordingly, he wrote a book, The City of God. And The City of God developed only two concepts because he said in the book of Revelation, when we have the pronunciation of the judgment, there are only two options. You are on the side of Babylon or you are on the side of Jerusalem. And he said, these two cities throughout the history were in conflict. Accordingly, two cities, Babylon and Jerusalem, have been formed by two loves. The earthly by the love of self, selfish love, even to the content of God. The heavenly by the love of God, even to the content of self. The former, in a word, glories in itself. The later in the Lord. For the one seeks glory for man, but the greatest glory of the other is God, the witness of conscience. The one lifts up its head and its own glory. The other says to its Lord, you are my glory and the lifter up of my head. In the one, the princes and the nations it subdue are ruled by the love of power. In the other, the princes and the subjects serve one another in love, the later of being a while the former take two of all. The one delights in its own strength, represented in the persons of its rulers. The other says to its God, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. So you understand, when we talk about the fall of Babylon, we cannot forget the conflict between good and evil, the conflict between Jerusalem and, and Babylon, and the conflict between Christ and Satan, this is so obvious. And this is why I say, even though we don't understand so clearly, the conflict be, uh, among us or around us is also a conflict of two loves. Let me be provocative. Where is the power of sin? The power of sin is love. When the Bible says, do not love the world, it means that when we are attached to the world, there is a power of attraction. The sin is love. But the wrong, false love, not the true love given by God. Because the true love given by God is the love ready to do sacrifices. Ready to love even more others than, than itself. And wherever you find selfish love, this is Babylon. This is conflict. As someone said... From my country, there is so little love among people. Whoever knows how to love truly should do nothing else. 
And I would like to suggest to you, if you know how to love sacrificially, do nothing else. Because you will have a lot of things to do for people around you. And when we talk about evangelism, evangelism has meaning only if our evangelism means to love sacrificially people around ourselves. This is the true evangelism. Let me just remind you that you know the structure of the book of Revelation is something very easy, finally, even though the book is difficult. You have introduction and conclusion that are in parallel. However, right after the introduction, you have seven churches, then seven seals, seven trumpets, and the central vision. After you have seven balls, and then you have only two options, Babylon and Jerusalem, nothing else. So it is very clear that in the book of Revelation, Babylon and Jerusalem have central place. When I talk about Jerusalem, I just want to remind you the central place of Jerusalem for the worship. And when we talk about Babylon and the fall of Babylon, we need to talk about the central place of Jerusalem. Jerusalem means city of peace. Shalom, Yeru Shalaim, as it is in original, the city of peace. As even Church Father Augustine said, the selfish love built Babylon. The selfish love always produces confusion. Sacrificial love always produces peace. Do you understand the big difference? So when we say this, we just need to remind everybody that when you put Jerusalem as the central place, you talk about peace. However, you talk also about persecutions. I have to tell you, this is biblical concept. If you don't understand well, please read Psalm 137. On the rivers of Babylon. And you will find at the end the reality. What happened at the time of the Babylonian soldiers coming to take uh, Jerusalem. They took children. And this is almost, I don't know, it is very hard. They took children and they uh, killed them. I, I even I, I cannot think that it is possible, but this was the reality. They killed them on the stones, on the mountain around, because the city of Jerusalem was on a mountain. And when you read this, you understand how difficult, how difficult this reality is. I am just trying to read the text as it is. O daughter of Babylon, who are to be destroyed. Happy the one who repays you as you have served us. Happy the one who takes and dashes your little ones against the rock. This is what the, the, the Babylonian soldiers did. 
And if you read the New Testament, you will understand that if you want to be attached to God, sooner or later, you will go through difficult situation, trouble, persecution. This is unavoidable. Talmud said, ten portions of beauty came down to the world. Nine were taken by Jerusalem and one by the rest of the world. However, ten portions of pain came down to the world. Nine went to Jerusalem and one to the rest of the world. Jerusalem is beautiful. However, at the same time, so many pain attached to Jerusalem. This is the consequence of all those who are following God. Ellen White said regarding Babylon as central place of false worship. She said, trial and persecution will come to all who in obedience to the word of God refuse to worship this false Sabbath. Force is the last resort of every false religion. Force. At first it tries attraction as the king of Babylon tried the power of music and outward show. If these attractions invented by men inspired by Satan fail to make men worship the image, the hungry flames of the furnace were ready to consume them. So it will be now. The same pattern. You, at the beginning, everything is so nice. And they say, we give you the, the opportunity. However, we will attract, we will invest. What, what do you think about social media? What do you think about hours and hours that they, people spend with Facebook, with Twitter, with YouTube and everything else? They don't have time for their spouse, for their children, for their work and everything else. Because attraction is there. However, be careful. If the attraction is not sufficient, sooner or later, one of the main characteristics of Babylon is strength, is force as last resort of every false religion. Let me just show you that you see the word Babylon in the Bible. I'm just giving you the details. 260 in the Old Testament. Only 14 in the New Testament. Including Revelation nine times. However, the book in the Old Testament. Jeremiah 150. This was the time of the victory of Babylon over Jerusalem. At the same time, it was the message of the fall of Babylon. First, the message of the fall of Babylon is a good news and has to be proclaimed. Declare among the nations, Babylon is taken, Belly is shamed. Jer Jeremiah wrote the message about 50 years before the destruction of Jerusalem. The prophet of God is not afraid to tell what is the reality. And the prophet of God proclaimed this as a good news. Because so many minorities suffered from Babylon. 
And when you say Babylon is fallen, you will say there are several options, but could be that this guy, the prophet, is crazy. But if it is true what he says, this is one of the best news that we can have. Ellen White said in the book Acts of Apostle something very significant. The church is God's appointed agency for the salvation of men. It was organized for service, as I said, uh, sacrificial love. And its mission is to carry the gospel to the world. From the beginning, it has been God's plan that through his church shall be reflected to the world his fullness and his sufficiency. The members of the church, those whom he has called out of darkness into his marvelous light, are to show forth his glory. The church is the repository of the riches of the grace of Christ. And through the church will eventually be made manifest even to the principalities and powers in heavenly places. The final and full display of the love of God. This sacrificial love will be shown through us. This is how I understand. This is the difficult aspect of the conflict between good and evil. The sacrificial love that Jesus showed to this planet during his 33 years of presence, 33 and a half years of presence, should be obvious in our lives. Because this is the essential aspect of the conflict. As she said, the church is God's agency for the proclamation of truth, empowered by him to do a special work. I remember when I was in Quebec, we did a presentation to the government with so many other organizations that were invited to participate to a debate regarding accommodations for the religious freedom. And when we finished, um, a pastor and myself, we were two to present the document. We gave the document to the government. We came out. And the first thing, when we came out of this big hall with at least 2,000 people sitting and uh, listening to presentation, when we opened the door, we found... Uh, 100 journalists asking for some questions. And they said, thank you so much for your excellent presentations regarding accommodations for the religious freedom as understood by the Seventh-day Adventist Church in Canada. We have a question. Could you please tell us what are the accommodations that you are ready to do for LGBT community within the Seventh-day Adventist Church in Canada? And I said to myself, Lord, have mercy on me. Because I said that they will take one piece of my statement and another one and the third one. And they will make one minute of what is not exactly what I want to say. And they will turn around and again. And for 15 days it will be catastrophic. And uh, I didn't know what to answer. 
I, I have to say I didn't know because you know what is behind you know the implication you know the consequences and the first thing and I thank God for this I said as I don't know what to say I will ask them a question in order to have time to think and I said do you know Seventh-day Adventist Church and I was looking around I said as I don't see the answer let me present very shortly Seventh-day Adventist Church and I said the name says Seventh-day and it means creation when I said creation I knew at that moment what I will give as answer and I am so glad that God made my mind clear because I didn't know it was not me I didn't know and then I said Adventist means hope Jesus coming so we don't have seven-day Adventist statements regarding LGBT community we just have a biblical statement and the essential statement is the text of creation telling us that God imagined the how to say fulfilled life of human beings through heterosexual relationship and man will leave his parents and will join link I don't know how to say in in, uh, in uh, Hebrew it's uh, put together which means almost like scotch tape they will be attached to be one and this is I they ask so many questions and sub questions and everything as I didn't know what to answer I was just back to the same text to the same text and finally from that um, experience I knew I will always answer Seventh-day Adventists they don't have their own statements they just have the statements of God himself as it is written in God's Word this is our position and this is what I say we are an agency to proclaim not a seven-day Adventist truth but God's truth God's concept this is what is the most important second human beings cannot provide security come against her from the farthest border open her storehouses if you read the text about the city of Babylon you will understand that a professor from Paris France said Charles Rowling one of the best specialists he said that the Babylonians had provisions within the city walls to withstand a siege, siege of 20 years so if someone comes an army comes around for 20 years they have no problem <laughs> who will be able to stay with his army for 20 years around it's costly to provide food and everything that is necessary for the soldier so when uh, when um, uh, the army came in 539 
they were just laughing. They were just laughing. And they didn't know that it was their final day. During the fall of Babylon, it is better to be on God's side. Because the call to come out of Babylon is presented to the believers as the method of prevention. Preserve your life by being far from Babylon. This is also the biblical reality. Babylon means confusion because of the confusing ideology. Apparently Babylon was a well-organized city. Still it became the symbol of confusion. I remember when I was in France, Jacques Chirac was the president of the country. And uh, during a parliamentarian session, they proclaimed, made valid so many laws as never before. Multiplication of rules, legislation, policy and everything. And he came at the conclusion and he said, I am afraid, this is what he said, because I know then when we multiply rules, we just recognize the weakness of the country. A strong country is when you have a few rules, but they are highly respected. When we multiply rules, we weaken the country. So I hope that it will not be the normal way of doing. Today you have so many new rules. That it is almost incredible. You need a, a personal lawyer in order to tell you exactly what you have to do. If you want to protect yourself. But Babylon means confusion. Even though the rule of the law is existing. However, we multiply these rules. And we increase the confusion. At the same time, the message of the fall of Babylon is essentially the message for God's people. And the text says, my people go out, come out of the midst of her. This message is a call to action. Not to cease to be the salt of the earth, but to escape to the confusion. So I am just telling you, please think about your life conditions and if it is necessary to close the door to the confusion within your family within your personal personal schedule do it don't waste your time on attractions around ourselves and babylon is everywhere as i said my people go out of the midst of her which means this is the message to change the environment. I'm just developing the last aspect, and this is so beautiful. Chapter 50 and 51 are messages to help people to understand that Babylon, human wisdom, will not succeed. And then the text says, In those days, and in that time, says the Lord, the children of Israel shall come, they and the children of Judah together. One of the first sub-products 
of the revival is unity. I just want to say something about this because it is so essential. Uh, Jerusalem was attacked three times by the Babylonian army. First time it was in 605. This is when Daniel and his friend were taken to Babylon. The second time it was in 597 before Christ. And the third time it was 586. In five. 186, we consider that Jerusalem was totally destroyed. When Jeremiah wrote about this, he said in chapter 4, verse 22-23, he said, I see around me and everything is tohu bohu, which means every, everything is totally destroyed as it was before the creation. There is nothing standing strongly. Everything, Babylonian army destroyed everything. So when we look at this, we understand that in six, uh, 586, we have the beginning of 70 years of uh, exile. The temple was rebuilt exactly 70 years after, in 516. This is the new temple. I just want to tell you something about this reality Five, uh, of 586 since the king Solomon the people of Israel was divided in two kingdoms northern and southern they could not work together and then northern kingdom was destroyed in 722 before Christ so one century before the fall of Jerusalem. When Samaria was destroyed in 722, when we look at this reality, we understood that people from Northern Kingdom tried several options to go to other countries, diaspora, or to come back to Jerusalem, to the Southern Kingdom. But they were not well received. They, will, they were considered as northern people. <laughs> uh, coming from north. And they were never accept, accepted as brothers and sisters. When Jerusalem was destroyed, it was still the division between north and south. And uh, Jeremiah said... When Jerusalem is built again, we will not talk about two kingdoms. Northern kingdom and southern kingdom will become one. Sometimes I'm asking questions. How is it possible that among Seventh-day Adventists we have different opinions? So well pronounced that you say when you attend so many meetings, you say, how can we reconcile ourselves? We are so different. But I said to myself, reading the prophet Jeremiah, when the time of persecution comes, there will be only one people 
when the persecution comes, all differences between brothers and sisters will become nothing. Because the only thing will be God's will and the glory given to God's name. So I'm telling you in advance that you will see the time of the work of Babylon is also the time for the call of unity. Let me say the second one. They shall come together with continual weeping and seek the Lord their God. This is a fantastic time for revival. The encounter with God will always produce unity. And I just want to say, there is no better time to coming back to the Lord as today. After it will be too late. After we will be taken by surprise. And I just want to say, please come back to the Lord. This is the best time possible. Billy Graham, who died recently, said, We are suffering from only one disease in the world. Our basic problem is not a race problem. Our basic problem is not a poverty problem. Our basic problem is not a war problem. Our basic problem is a heart problem. We need to get the heart changed, the heart transformed. And this is the message for us. This is the message. When we talk about the fall of Babylon, it's the call for us to come back to the Lord. I did something wrong here. I hope I did. The time of the proclamation of Babylon fall is an excellent opportunity for the renewal of our covenant. And this is the last statement that I would like to do today. Do you remember the story of 11th hour? Jesus told the story of uh, workers who started at 6 o'clock in the morning. In general, people were working at that time 12 hours. From 6 o'clock to 6 o'clock. Hard, huh? Today, go to work at 6 o'clock is hard to imagine. But this is how they did at that time. So, some started at 6 o'clock, some others were called to work at 9, some others at noon, and some were called to work at 4 o'clock in the evening, 5 o'clock in the evening. And they received the same paycheck. And they were not happy, those who started at 6 o'clock. What was the answer? The owner said, why are you complaining? I make the reference what we agreed at the beginning. What we agreed at the beginning is valid. I was honest toward you. Why would you complain that I am generous for others? I promised them something that is probably crazy. But I am always faithful to my covenant. And I just want to tell you, the time, the end time events are coming so quickly. Are we faithful to our covenant? I am not just telling you, are you faithful to the decisions of the Ontario Conference? I am not, even though we stay together, I am not telling you, 
Are you faithful to your project regarding this building? This is fantastic. You have a fantastic building and this should be a tool to give glory to God. But the most important thing is that we come back and we renew day after day our commitment to God. Because this is the, the essential aspect. And as the text says, come and let us join ourselves to the Lord in a perpetual covenant. If we come back to the Lord, eternity starts right now. That is nothing. The perpetual covenant win means that we will be always in God's presence. So may God help us to understand that this message of Prophet Jeremiah is so profound. When you read this text, you think he will talk against, against uh, Babylon. Let me tell you, when you come back home, read uh, Jeremiah chapter 29. You know only one verse. Everybody knows this verse. I have plans for you. To give you future and hope. But please read the entire chapter. And you will understand. That God said to, to the people of Israel. Please pray for Babylon. Not for the system of Babylon. But for precious people living in Babylon. Pray for them. Because of their well-being depends also your well-being. This is the message. When we proclaim the good news of Jesus coming, may we proclaim with strength that human wisdom is not sufficient to solve the problem of this, problems of this planet. But we have the gift of sacrificial love and eternal wisdom that will guide this planet and our eternity will start as soon as we come back and be part of the perpetual covenant. I wish you to be part of the perpetual covenant. Be strong and God will be with you. And I have no doubt the victory is what we can have and we will have true Jesus Christ. Amen.